how big an effect has all the and how much supplements do you take for example um apart from all your herbs <laughs> <laughs> three two one and we are live <laughs> hey jc hello so what's going on man seriously i heard that the french hate the brits is that true yeah <laughs> what no i, I mean It, it it is that's that's a really good question actually. Uh, it's because of history. Mm -hmm. uh, Napoleon. <laughs> I was not I back was, in the days. <laughs> I was not ready to answer that question. I thought it was it was about fitness, but yeah, yeah. no. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of like connected with fitness somehow, you know. Somehow. Because you know, dumbfounded media Paul Ballard, he's British, you know. Yeah. So he's probably gonna want to uh, really see, know the answer to this I, question. I, I thought <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk about football or soccer. No. But it's actually due to uh, history. Uh, back in the day, French and UK were trying to do colonialism to mm -hmm. many countries, mm -hmm. and uh, French was sometimes better, UK was sometimes better, mm. and this, I mean... It just is what it is, eh? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, this yeah. old bad blood that just never really goes away, huh? Exactly. Actually, yeah. actually, uh, I heard something <laughs> today, so, for example... Uh, USA was was initially Spanish and French. Mm. Do you know that? Mm, no. Oh uh, well, yeah, I guess. I and, can then, and then and then uh, UK came, and for example, uh, New York was called New Ang uh, Nouvelle Angoulême, New Angoulême, mm. which is a French city, mm. and then they named it uh, well, New they York. Did give you know New York like you know the Statue of yeah, Liberty yeah, yeah. and stuff but, like but that. But now it's like full Britain. But but it's really interesting because we went to New Orleans together, yeah. and you can see there's a French oh, yeah, uh, the influence. French quarters, but yeah. actually, all this. Um, So there is a, a, a kind of, um, how do you say, uh, the middle part of, of, U, of USA was uh. actually French. Oh, wow. And the side was from UK yeah. and then it was, it was like fighting back and forth. <laughs> so it kind of brings up for another question. You know, and we're talking about fitness today, actually. Hi. So I have a mission in life to do what I consider sustainable fitness. Yes. Uh, recently I came out with a book that says how to move your body to 100 years old mm. or at least how to get to 100 mm. while moving your own body and your own you know powers and stuff like that which I feel really important so I'm all about sustainable fitness but I'm also a little bit older I'll give you guys a little bit of background if you don't mm -hmm. know who I am it's like 48 years old now just turned 48 yeah uh, and this is actually our first podcast so I'm really excited about it just you know getting in and talking about sustainable fitness and then True. we made a show last year about sustainable fitness versus um elite fitness mm -hmm. you have an interesting view about fitness that's for sure yeah uh you're also much younger than i am mm. so for me when i was younger fitness was really important to stay fit so i could fight yeah. so i was fit to fight that was the only purpose i had with training mm. and you've been doing a whole bunch of other things yeah um so let's um yeah let's start off with just like uh, getting a, a little background check on who you actually are and what you're doing here in tokyo actually so i'm jc first of all uh i studied my You know, JC, you should just be like JC and then everyone want, should just you know want, who you are. You, you want the full name? The full name The full name is Jean-Christophe. Oh, oh, it's so French. It's a really cool name, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah I studied my fitness journey. Actually, I studied with karate. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm the master. Exactly. But but it was a big thing uh, back in the day in the 90s yeah. in France. Like karate and judo were the only thing you were you were practicing. Wow, yeah. interesting. Why why did the karate boom came come to France? Ah, uh, you want to know? Yeah, history do, actually. again. Uh, actually, so France was a test country for Japanese products. Mm. Okay, so Japanese people were believing that if something is working in France, mm. it will work in Europe. Mm, so nice. that's why we had all of the products such as manga, 
uh, um, anime. Just, there's a huge following of manga and anime. In, in it was France. actually anime is really hard to produce, oh. so we need to buy something really cheap. Mm. And anime such as uh, Dragon Ball or City Hunter mm. were really cheap to buy. Mm. Now it was really cheap also to to translate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had a lot of uh, uh, oh, oh, also Super Sentai. Do you know Super Sentai? Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Ranger, those yeah, type yeah, of yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons Power Ranger came to, to USA, actually. And then... We were talking about karate, though. How did karate it was, come to Japan? It was, so so we had all of those products. So technically, I'm telling you about my generation. Mm. We were seeing TV and we were thinking university or high school is Japan. Mm. And everyone was practicing karate, judo, and then you had like all of those fighting, um, fighting anime with Dragon Ball, uh, Sentoseya, yeah. this type of thing. Um, Interesting. So I've actually been because I used to host a show for NHK World called Imagination for like seven years. Mm. Unfortunately, last year they cut the show because of the Olympics. Now the Olympics never came, so I kind of got <laughs> stiffed on that one. Anyway, um, yeah, so. I went to a, I've done two things in France, actually, in Paris. Uh, one of them was a martial arts event, and it's a huge thing. It's a martial arts festival where they have all different kinds of martial arts. They come in and they do demonstrations, and they do big flashy light shows, and, you know, they're chopping baseball bats with their hands and kicking them with their feet yeah. and stuff like that. And then they are demonstrating all the martial arts, and it's really beautiful. Uh, it's like a two, three-day thing. It's like this, uh, this big expo for martial arts. And then also I've done a uh, TV show uh, in Paris about... The, uh, what is that called? The Manga Expo or something like Japan that? Expo? Japan Expo? Japan Expo, Japan yeah. Expo is super popular. That's yeah, huge. I mean, you have the, the Palais, Palais de Tokyo, like yeah. uh, Tokyo Palace. It's like, like Japan and France 300,000 people come in for that show, yeah, I think. Probably. Over three days probably. now. And it's like half of them are cosplayers. Like it's ja- crazy. Japan has a, has a, has a really big influence in, on mm. French people. Okay, yeah. so now I know why karate came to France, but that has got nothing to do with your fitness and your history. My so after fitness. karate, what no, happened but, there? But, but um, I started karate. I didn't know exactly. Uh, I was really young, like six six years old. I didn't mm. know the difference between judo and karate oh. back in the day. So I went to a dojo. Uh-huh. And, and so you, you could know, have you, been judo without knowing it. Exactly. <laughs> I started, actually, I studied judo. Then I was seeing the karate class. So I studied karate because I wanted to, ah, to practice. Nice, um, nice. And then I saw people doing Taekwondo <laughs> uh-huh. and I saw all of the, the, the tricks that were doing. Yeah. And instead of doing Taekwondo, I did gymnastic. Wow. Okay. Yeah. To be safe. To yeah. Be, yeah. Like, in a safe well, uh, that's, uh, Because that's really safe to do yeah. gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to do more actually, because after that, uh, I went to gymnastic and, and on the side I was doing capoeira mm. and I just you know, like it's just. Right. Do do you remember Mark Dacascos? Who? Mark Dacascos? No. You don't remember? No. Why would I remember him? Uh, he, he was a he was a, a big action action movie star mm. back in the day. I think he's Filipino. No, I don't know him. You don't know him? No, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, let's get back on topic here, right? So hmm. then, uh, at what point do you come to Japan? Uh, so I was living in New York, then I lived in uh, Canada, Toronto, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I had an acting agency back mm-hmm. in the day in Toronto and they said, um, we, we want you to be on the next, um, play of Oliver Twist oh. for one year. So you're wow. going to have one year contract, but you need to get out of the country until you get your next visa. Because right. that's how it's working in Canada. And yeah. then... I went back to France and um, I said, 
why shouldn't I do like a working holiday visa mm-hmm. during this time? Mm-hmm. And I came to Japan and then finally the show got canceled and I stayed here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Simple. Long story short. Mm. All right. So let's, uh, let's just uh, define a little bit what fitness really is, right? So for me, fitness is staying fit and sustainable and healthy, basically. If you, if you have like the building blocks for what you think fitness is, mm. and for me, it's that. It has to be sustainable, something mm. that you can continue doing for a very long time. And then it has to make you healthier or at least raise your awareness of what healthiness is. And then it has to be also fun, right? So for me, uh, that profile works for CrossFit. Like yeah. just randomly, it works for me. But then when you hear the word fitness, it's mostly associated with, you know, bikini models or... Um, Nowadays. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, Nowadays. you know, pe- people who stand on a stage and pose for um, for the for the art of what they, they call fitness. For me... It's uh, it's completely useless, like mm. because it's not sustainable, um, and it's not very fun. Maybe that posing on stage and winning a, a trophy that day might be fun, but uh, I know how hard it is to diet down for all this and get all crazy, and then suddenly people are using steroids. And to be honest, man, you look completely jacked up. And so, how much steroids do you use? Uh, zero. <laughs> No, but it's a good question, right? Yeah. Because you look jacked up, people look at you and they must be judging you. You must be getting this question all the time. And why is it that you can look at the physique that you have and not be jacked up? Because I choose to do fitness in a, in a safe way, mm-hmm. but long-term. Mm. Um, I think we don't disagree on the on the sustainable uh, part. And I guess when you when you met me five years ago six mm-hmm. years ago right i was i was pretty much the same pretty much exactly pretty what you look like now and, you look back then and you lately i was i was showing my pictures like probably when i was 25 i'm 36 now so 10 mm-hmm. years ago and and they say you you're almost the same yeah um which means that if i was on steroid i would be like 10 years on steroid non-stop without like off off moment yeah 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 i this is something you need to accept Mm. If people are telling you you're taking taking stories, you need to accept it. It's 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 a compliment actually. Mm. You look you look good and you look good all year around. And then you were talking just before about about uh, bikini models or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, bikini models like and you there know, is there best is a, a bodies. You know, in Japan they have this thing called the <sighs> best body Japan, and it's like it's completely uh like a because I see these people and they call themselves fit and they like they they're very like how do you say um. They're very vain and they're very like, hey, this is how I look and this is fitness. But they only look like that for one day, you know, and it takes so, them at so the least thing, four to six weeks to diet up for that one day. So the thing is, um, those, those people are actually uh, are creating uh, the ego mm. based on what they're looking like. Yeah. They don't base their ego on their knowledge or what they did in life or, or the thing they achieved mm-hmm. back in the day. So, and the second problem is uh, you have you have the... What I call the the pretty pretty paralysis paralysis. Do you say that? Mm, don't know. Like they are paralyzed. It's a really big word. Like, I don't use big words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are they're kind of frozen about the image they gave on stage. Mm. So now you're you have a, a super good image on stage, mm. and then you have to chase to chase the same image that you had on stage the whole time. Mm. And my psychology is different, meaning is I want to be. I don't know how you want to call it, but ripped or jacked or good looking all year long. Mm. This is probably the difference between between someone that will be attracted to steroid and someone that is 
like me and and mm. just like taking care of food diet but also herbs I'm, i'm using a lot of herbs yeah um let's talk about those herbs yeah i mean i mean what do you take for like for supplements for example i'm just drinking green tea now because my mm. brother told me about five years ago he's like yeah. nick you need to start drinking green tea and i was like why <laughs> he's like dude if you don't know why just go and ask google you're your best friend you know and google will tell you all about green tea right um I'm taking maca, I'm taking ashwagandha, mm-hmm. I'm taking shilajit, all those type of herbs that are actually Say raising that slowly again so the maca and then what else? Maca, ashwagandha, ashwagandha, astragalus, astragalus, mm, shilajit. Shilajit. So maca is a Peruvian like four different drugs right it's there. It's a Peruvian <laughs> root actually, it's not a yeah. plant but it's a root and and um it's called it's called the Mexican Viagra. Nice. <laughs> Because you have so much like vitamins and minerals inside that your your free testosterone is going up. Mm. Okay. Now the difference between someone someone taking steroids and and those herb is uh steroid will raise your total testosterone. You mm. have two type of testosterone in your body. Your free testosterone is different. Mm. It's is your libido, like your desire for someone and everything. Yeah. But you can still take this at your advantage. It's an interesting question. So I mean And this is probably most guys like, when we're younger we masturbate a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so the act of masturbating does that release more like uh, testosterone or does it take testosterone away from you? Because I always thought that if you if you like, you know, ejaculated and then mm. after like the body's like in a in a in a what do you call it, a deficit and it has to like produce more. So if you masturbate a lot, would that generally speaking raise your testosterone levels? Depends of your free testosterone. Yeah. If you have a, a low free testosterone, but let me tell you Having a low free testosterone doesn't mean you're sick or anything like that. It just means that you have a lack of sleep mm. or you don't eat well, you're smoking a lot, you're drinking a lot, you have a lot of stress in life, mm. your free testosterone is going down. Mm. So we are, as men, everyone is facing the moment where you can't go up, right? No, no oh, okay. never happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the reason why is because your free testosterone is low. Uh-huh. Now, if you have depression or something like that, it's probably your total testosterone. Mm. If you're constantly depressed and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, um, uh, it's really interesting because so many people are, are depressed. For example, France is the first number one um, uh, consumer of, of antidepressant. Wow, yeah, antidepressant. Antidepressant. Yeah. Some people go on, on TRT, testosterone replacement uh, therapy, and mm-hmm. they just... The, the quality of life is getting better suddenly. Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. depressed anymore. It's well, just, I mean, also naturally, uh, you your testosterone levels go down the the older you get, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. depending on your age, right? It does, it does. You know, I just turned 48. I don't feel like I'm 48, but that's also probably a, a product because I'm also constantly also working out. Mm. Mm. Uh, I wanted to ask you what your favorite thing about Japan is, actually. My what? My favorite thing yeah. about Japan? What's like, I mean, you're here. Mm. Why do you choose Japan to be your base? Well, it's just that it's, it's a really, really, really calm country. Mm. You know, like I I feel that, you know, if you're watching nowadays the news with uh, with France and USA, everything is so, so aggressive, so violent. Like, mm. and, and I think you are like this when you're probably 22, 23, 24 years old, you're like so aggressive and, and angry about about the smallest thing. And then mm. when you're getting over 30, you just just getting calmer and you want you want a peaceful life. Mm. Uh, Japan is is really great for that. Yeah, interesting. Um, you can see you can see in France all the the the, the riots, riots, and, riots, yeah. and 
and bombings, you know, people like it's machine just, it's just, guns, shootings with yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, oh, you can see in USA nowadays, yeah. especially with the with the Biden Trump problem. Also, yeah, yeah. Um, would I feel would I feel oh, comfortable with that? Absolutely not. Mm. Uh, is there anything you like just don't understand about Japan? Just one thing where you go, what the fuck is that? Not really, because because you know you're still I'm still learning a lot. Um, you know the, the the when I came in Japan, the first thing I didn't understand is is how how they can speak, they can they can talk to each other without like uh, without the same communication. Because you know, like French people and and Japanese people are, are completely opposite. We talk about everything, our emotion, our anger, our and we debate about everything. And in Japan, they don't really like to have a debate. Mm. Uh, and actually, having a debate because you know it's it's really aggressive. A debate in France, mm -hmm. and and in Japan, uh, debate is accepting the other one position. Mm. You know, and and I think it's included into a Japanese language. And I don't I don't necessarily speak uh, Japanese a lot, but I studied I studied the psychology behind the language, yeah. which is called semantic. Mm -hmm. And and I think that when you are going into a country, the 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 most respectful thing you can do is to respect the semantic. Because mm. if I hear some Japanese people saying like kusei or, or yabe or something like that, it's, it's not really like the way a Japanese would expect me to, to speak, right? Right. But that's how any, any young people that want to be in <laughs> are trying to do. Mm. Um, and if you if you kind of respect those those rules, then you understand a little bit more about uh, the the cultural background of of Japanese people. And it's the same if you're going to. And so to, this is one of the USA. things that you just don't understand about the Japanese why no, they're not openly doing discussions and stuff, and I, why they're not really addressing the problems. Yeah, I didn't understand that first, and then I I understood that is is uh, they have this dimension about about respect that we we. I don't say we don't have it. I say we don't really understand it mm. uh, when we don't speak the language. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I've been here this March coming up. It's going to be on the March 27th. I arrived exactly 30 years ago in Japan. And I've pretty much been here since then. I picked up Japanese language uh, within about a year. I had like normal, like conversational level Japanese skills and stuff like that. And it, it totally uh, changed my perception of what Japan is and everything. But I was also stuck in a dojo. <laughs> okay. And stuck in a dojo, not stuck in a dojo, that's the, that's the wrong words. I was in a dojo living there, and I was trying to blend in. I was trying to be as Japanese yeah, as yeah. I could be because I thought that that would be, like, the um, the easier way to just, like, like be integrated into the dojo. And the, the dojo environment was very harsh. It was very, like, uh, us versus them in the beginning. And then when I started speaking Japanese and could communicate with my senpai and also communicate with my kohai even when we had like you know there was dinners or parties or, or there was mostly just training but you know in training we're trying to beat the crap out of each other basically yeah, yeah, yeah. but also another acceptance for me was you know to get strong enough to stand up for myself and yeah i ended up becoming the strongest in the dojo during that period of time mm. um and so just for that fact i, I was like completely accepted so and, and then i felt like i had found this second home and like a, as a country and, and as, a, as a as a people and everything and and so I ended up getting married to Japanese. We were together for almost 20 years, mm. got divorced. And then I jumped straight into another relationship with a Japanese girl. And that lasted for almost eight years. And then 
um, like last year. <laughs> it's a mind blowing. And I break up and really within a very short period of time, I find a Colombian American girl mm. uh, who's uh, grown up in Japan. She's uh, fluent in Japanese and English. And so she's also not just bilingual, but bicultural. And so now suddenly we have these two massive things that we connect on. It's like she understands the Japanese culture and she understands also the, the Western culture. And I'm the same. And it was like, literally like, it was like walking into a home again. Like a, what I feel like is a home. Like just being with her and, and, and like experience life with her was amazing. I fell in love like that instantly. Okay. And it was just like, it was like we'd been together before. It was almost like we'd, we'd, we'd known each other from a, from a different time period or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, went like literally within three months, I'd already proposed. <laughs> and I'm not, I walk unafraid into this relationship and it's just because it is so different. It is like I spent the last almost three decades of my life trying to integrate myself so hardly into the Japanese culture that I lost control of who I was and what I really actually valued as a human. And it's kind of really cool for me. And I really like to share this story because um, YouTube opened up for that door to give me opportunities again. Yeah. Because last year when, you know, everything was locked down and stuff like that, um, I had this fantastic opportunity to immerse myself into YouTube. Um, my management at the time was like, we're, you know, we're stopping the show Imagination. Why don't you, well, it's time for YouTube channel. And it's like, but you can't do anything because you're stuck in your house, right? Mm. And so for me, it was like, well, what can I do that can still like give me a chance to learn about YouTube and stuff? Like what kind of content do I have? And then I realized that I had been suppressing who I was for the last eight years and pushing someone in front of me. And like, uh, in, in order for me to like, like take a step back from who I really was. And it's like, well, you can't throw Nicholas Pettis away. Nicholas Pettis is, his persona is, is way too big to be thrown away and tossed under the carpet and just forgotten about. And so I started making YouTube, uh, uh, videos and, and, and filming stuff and content or for example, uh, working out from your house, uh, what kind of workouts am I doing? Uh, what kind of food am I eating? And food is also something we haven't even started talking about. Like, what is healthy food? You know? So I knew during the lockdown, uh, it's like, hey, you know what? You're not going to be moving as much. Well, then you shouldn't be eating as much. Um, and so I went the other way. I went aggressively in on weight loss. So I was 170 kilos at the time. And then when we opened up the doors and opened up the gym again, I was down to 94 kilos like that. Mm. So, so I lost over 10 kilos during that time. And I was just immersing myself uh, into the, that world. And then... I started making an audiobook. And so something that you guys should definitely check out. Um, and the audiobook was about the first three years in Japan where I just came and, and was here as a Nuchideji. Yeah. But well, I've got a little bit sidetracked talking about myself. I love talking about it's, myself. It's not, it's not because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like you're talking and I'm still uh, thinking about, about what, what happened in your previous, uh, previous, uh, previous relationship and, and what happened, why you fell in love so quickly and, 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 uh, got engaged yeah. so quickly, and you know I think I think any man uh, wants to have only two things in a relationship, mm -hmm. and that's probably what is missing nowadays. With I don't know if it's if it's you know about women or if it's a new new type of generation due to social media and everything like mm -hmm. that is communication and cooperation. Yeah, you found that probably with your girl and then you can have a great communication but if you don't have cooperation it doesn't work yeah you know you can talk you can debate it's going to be a debate mm -hmm. yes i want this no i want that yes i want this and then at one point both of you guys need to cooperate mm -hmm. and that's how it's working mm -hmm. and and 
from my experience, um, I, I mean, we talked about it and we yeah. have a little bit of the same uh, type of uh, personality or behavior. Yeah. It was it was communication, okay, but it's not cooperative. Mm. Like if you don't have the cooperation, it doesn't work. And then I think there is, we are different, but I think there is a part of us that is that is similar is we are still trying. We believe that someone someone might change. But mm. if someone is not ready to cooperate, yeah, it's useless. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was pretty simple. Like when I was married, it was I was I was too busy with myself. <laughs> yeah. So I never really needed needed that. I never. I don't know how to say it. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but we met when we were very young. Yeah. And I was very integrated into my martial arts, and I was training a lot, and I was really busy with myself. And suddenly, I got really good at it. And suddenly I started like winning tournaments. And then, you know, before I knew it, I had a kid. And then we, you know, we'd been living together for a while. And then I got a professional fighting career. And all this first 15 years that we were together, I really only thought about myself. And for this, I like to apologize actually. But, but by the end of it, when my body was completely broken down and I'd had my first hip replaced, I went through so many injuries that we can talk about, but not today because that yeah, yeah, is yeah. A, like a whole different thing to talk about. Um, but at the end of it, when everything slowed down and I had pretty much just like lost everything and I stood, you know, down in the, in the garage, not my, not a house, but in an, an apartment block. And I was looking at my Harley Davidson thing and this is it, man. There's no more money in the bank. Um, there's really nowhere to go. I'm going to go down and sell this motorcycle and just take the whole family back and would stay at my mom's place. And I'm going to rethink everything and then figure out what to do because I, and didn't see a way out at the time. Yeah. It's an incredible story. What happens is actually, I can talk about that a little bit, but not too much into detail just because it's a really long, great story mm -hmm. uh, for another day. But um, I went down to the store, was going to sell the motorcycle and go home. And then I randomly met this guy that introduced me to a guy that within like three weeks or two weeks, he had like, you know, sponsored a brand new dojo and opened up a dojo for me. And, and suddenly I had a salary and suddenly, you know, the dojo was thriving and, and I kind yeah. of weighed, made, weighed my way back. But so sometimes you get really, really lucky in life. And I yeah, also yeah, think yeah. that there's someone like, you know, watching over me. And, and, and if everything else fails, that there will be some kind of exit. Um, well, uh, I want to say, I want to say luck is, is a part of it. But you have to, you have to realize something is, is you are someone really likable. You mm. know, you're not like someone... I wouldn't, I don't want to say any bad word, but you're not an asshole. Something. Oh, <laughs> you can say asshole. It's I don't okay. Say it. <laughs> but you're not, you're not something like that. And, and the fact, the simple fact that you are, you know, you're likable is bringing you some, some other stuff. You can see at yeah. the box, uh, the fact that you're likable makes you having like being a coach with charisma mm. and people wants to see Nick, people wants to work out with Nick, yeah. you know? And and I love my job. I love teaching. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous, but, but man. I, can I love see it. it. I yeah. can see it, and that's that's one of of people's problem is is if you want to become a coach, if you want to become a personal trainer, if you want to become something like mm. someone that is helping, you should not be about yourself. Yeah, you know. And probably what happened to you during this time is you forgot about yourself because you were completely down, and you were like, okay, I'm, my my goal is to help people. It was some subconscious. No, no, it was a very conscious choice. Um, I actually remember when we, well, this is like now, so just opened up seven years ago. Yeah. And so uh, people always ask me this, well, why don't you just have a dojo? Why don't you teach martial arts? Yeah. Well, why are you not yeah, doing yeah, martial yeah. arts anymore? And so for me, martial arts is not fitness. Mm. Uh, I took martial arts to a, to a different, different level. level. Yeah. And it's like when you're up there, 
it is it is uh, it is competitive sports for one thing. It went from com- competitive sports to professional sports, mm. and so these two things are completely not sustainable for one thing. And they're not even that enjoyable. They, I ended up just doing it because I was making a lot of money on it in K1 and stuff. But then when the body breaks down, because it's not sustainable, well, then I also can't, you know, support my family. Yeah. Um, but by finding CrossFit, it's very similar in like, um, um, you can get a feeling of having a fought, fought a real fight just through a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I found attractive in the beginning. And then slowly over the last seven years now, I'm, I've been like understanding that, well, it's also easy to like push too hard because I used to have that, um, professional mind athlete, um, which uh, I, I just don't think is very healthy, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Being a professional athlete, still mm. still a part of, of fitness, sustainable fitness or not. No, it's not. Um, it's definitely not, not. It's not. I do uh, agree when, with when that. You, when, you, when, you are, when you're chasing that one more rep, uh, the risk of injury is like, I don't know, I can't even say how much higher it is. It's Whoa. just crazy. 17 you know, broken bones, by the way. Yeah. Like I, I mean, think it's seven different operations. It's I'm just like, wow. I'm just thinking nowadays with uh, you know, like MMA and and stuff like that. And you know, when when your fitness and what you enjoy to do is becoming your business, then you have to take different type of risk, different type of yeah. thing. And I don't know. I was watching last time. I told you the McGregor fight. Yeah. And, and I saw from the beginning he's not. So he was a father and everything. I mean, mm. he's been a father of two kids and and. In the beginning of the fight, he's not the same. Yeah. You know, he's he's a way more humble. Uh, he's probably his fitness journey is not the same. Mm. Uh, he was not into it. You know, and it's like, that's another thing because mentally you burn out. That this undying uh, desire to win um, it actually fades. Like when when you've done it but for twenty to twenty five years, it's like you, you can't always chase that at the same yeah. intensity. Yeah. There has to be some kind of human emotion for, I can talk about this in my own fights, for example, when I fought Musashi in the final of the 2001 Grand yeah. Prix, I was dying to win. Like yeah. I was, I really, really wanted to win that fight and I knew I could. Um, but at this point, did you lose any, any match, any fight? Yeah. Lo- well, if you look at my record, it's half wins by knockout and half losses by knockout. So I either get knocked out or I knock someone out. It's okay. pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course I'd lost a lot of fights before that. But I also walked into a fight, but I had a, a specific grudge against him because he had canceled two fights when I had, you know, uh, a newborn baby also that I had to like leave behind and go and train in America. And so I'm, I'm really trying to get back at this guy for something that I felt emotional yeah. attachment to. And so when you have that desire and when you have that feeling, it's not something you can fake. It's just really, really there. Something that you want so badly. Yeah. Um, it, and that was it, a it, great he, feeling. He was your nemesis, right? Yes, <laughs> he sure. Was. And he's coming on the podcast at one point. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're going to go back to and talk about, about the old yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, fitness back then mm. versus now. What oh. does that even mean? What do you think fitness has changed? And this is, again, it comes down to what is fitness? Yeah. Like, really, because I know what I like to do. Mm. I actually like to do now lighter weights. Like, I don't want to gain. Like, everyone's talking about the gains, man. You got to get them gains. I don't want to gain anything. I just mm. don't want to get hurt. Um, so lighter weights for me, uh, even dumbbells or body weight exercises. I'm struggling with a bad wrist. Um, okay. So it's been a little bit hard for me to do like, you know, a lot of the gymnastics stuff. I like to do gymnastics stuff. Like bar muscle ups are kind of cool. Like walking on your hands is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it's just because they're cool things to do, right? But I, I can't really walk on my hands right now because it hurts too much. Mm. Um, and so how did that happen? So, hey, Nick, you're talking about sustainable fitness. What's wrong with you? 
All right, so I'll tell you what happened. Because it's like one of those like silly, silly stories, but it, but it ties very much up to what we were just talking about. I is to, it? I want to know. Yeah, is it is it healthy or not healthy, right? And so that professional mindset of someone was like, yeah, man, I'm chasing that another rep. You know, I want to get that stronger. I want to get a little bit better, right? Yeah. So about four years ago, and I think it's four years ago now, I was trying to get a PR on my squat clean. Squat clean. There you so go. I pulled the barbell at 100, I got 112 kilos. So it was a pretty good, for me, that's a big lift, right? And I pull on, I put on 115 and I was like, yeah, I think I can get it. So I get the barbell up all over my hip and I drop under the barbell. And as I'm catching it, my elbow got stuck on my knee. I... And so the barbell could then not go in and land on my shoulders. Yeah. Because right? my elbow wasn't fast enough because I because of the weight, I dropped down too fast. Mm -mm. So I got stuck. The barbell sits right there and then it just pulls it in with my elbow stuck on my knee. So my wrist like got overextended and I'm, I tell you, man, I thought I had broken my wrist there. Like for real. I was like, that's it. It's done. I was like, I was like yeah, I, I, I can't do anything. I was just sitting like this. I, I, I was not here on that day, but I remember after. Like yeah. it was one day, one day after. Uh, I was like, yeah. And so I didn't break it, mm. but something definitely went wrong. So it's been sore since, and it's been up and down. I, like last year, I was doing a lot of, of handstand movements, and my wrist was all right. And then recently, this K1 champion comes in and says, hey, I want to work out with you, this and that. you know. And he starts off easy, and then he ends up going, you know, I want to spar you. you know? And I was like, no, I don't do sparring anymore. I haven't sparred in 10 years. I'm not going to yeah, spar yeah. a K1 champion right now, right? His name is Cena, by the way. He fights under 90 kilos. Um Really nice guy. But so anyway, I ended up really holding, tall too. Yeah, tall, like yeah. 190, almost two meters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so I ended up holding the pads for him. You know, I gave him a pair of gloves and I got small pads, right? And so we went fucking, I don't know, five rounds or something like that, you know? Yeah. It was really fun. I got really excited and caught up in it. Come on, do this, do that, <laughs> you know? Throw some kicks and all this stuff, you know? And he's like, oh, he was loving it, right? Yeah. And then the next day, my wrist was like, <clears throat> same pain again. And that's been like three weeks now. So now I'm struggling with this. So there's a real so story you have pain for it. right now. Yeah. So this is also a part of, of you know, the, the, the old injuries that I'm still dealing with. Yeah. So what do I do to deal with that in a workout? Right. So I've been doing a lot of boot camps lately mm -hmm. where the, the weights are much lighter. I can control them all by myself for how much I want to lift. And then like yesterday we did burpees. Okay. So burpees is like that also hurts your wrist, right? Even yeah. this just hurts yeah, when yeah. I'm just doing this with the wrist. But so instead of going down the flat-handed, I went down on my knuckles. On the, on the, yeah. So, you know, I'm keeping the wrist straight, but I could still do the burpees and still get through the workout. And I think that when I talk about sustainable fitness, it's really about understanding what it is that works for your body. And mm. if you don't know it, then you should have a great coach that can help you do these things. Um, I haven't really spoken about this anywhere else, but I have a goal. I have a very specific goal with becoming like this fitness guy. Mm -hmm because we're building an app uh, that people can follow programs in their houses from all over the world, basically. But I would like to be a guy that people look up to for guidance mm. in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, especially right now in these during these times, because people are like, um, you know, if you used to go to the gym and now you can't go to the gym, and so you're gonna work out, or you're not gonna work out, no, and then you end up sitting more down, or you're not going to the office, and then you're working remotely, and then, you know, you start to forget what healthy food looks like. Yeah. You start to forget, forget what, you know, good sleep feels like, and then you start to make all these new habits, so you're building all these patterns that are like leading you towards death and destruction, basically. So how do you change it? Well, you know, we know that uh, fit people are not depressed because they get so many endorphins and coming out when you're, when you're working out. And so it's a massive stress relief, right? 
And then you also know that when you're working out, your body craves better foods. It's not like, yeah, man, I did that. You know, I did this massive workout. It's like, oh, now I want a burger. No, you don't actually want a burger when you've, when you've done a great workout. Mm. I don't anyway. So the more I work out, the healthier I eat, or at least the healthier I try to eat. Um, <laughs> you try, it's important. And then, you know, but people around my age, we also have been around the block for long enough that we also like to drink alcohol. Yeah. And people are afraid to address that you drink alcohol. I love alcohol. I love drinking with my friends. I love drinking with my fiance. I love drinking with family members mm. and getting together, having parties and everything. And I don't think it's going to change. Um, I will be, there will be days that I don't drink, but most days I enjoy a couple of drinks or even more, but I still stay fit and healthy and I can move and I'm, and I'm proud to do that. And there are two things that I do to do that. Yeah. One is that I always make sure I get enough sleep. <laughs> I know that. I uh, so know that I have to so get enough sometimes sleep. Sometimes you want to talk to Nick at, at, <laughs> yeah. at 10 or 11. He's like, no, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not done. even done. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm tired, I go to bed. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know if I have a time to get up the next morning, that then I'll, I'll just go to bed earlier. Yeah. Um, and I'm not afraid to do that. I used to be afraid. I used to be really like, you know, when I was playing a lot of video games, you would understand that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't play as much video games as you used to. I haven't been playing in a long time, actually. But And so that also keeps me from staying up later at night. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do one more thing is I'm really conscious of what I eat. I do uh, a couple of things, you know, I, I'll do uh, intermittent fasting. I'll do uh, uh, longer fasting, not over 24 hours, but I'll do like 24 hours once in a while. Um, and then I also just try to eat really clean. And when I say clean, I say low carbs um, because um, it doesn't take a lot of food to sustain me, to be honest, especially if I'm in drinks. You know, because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting a whole bunch of empty calories out of that. And it kind of puts everything on hold. I so feel. That, that's really important. You're saying that empty calories. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I know you really hate alcohol. empty calories. Yeah, yeah I hate it. Cool. Like, what is the goal? I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I don't drink alcohol because I don't like the taste. Um, mm. uh, if I drink alcohol is to get tipsy or drunk. That's yeah. it. That's the only, only goal. When you're, when you're drinking alcohol and you, you are uh, adding some calories, like. Yeah. There is, there yeah. is something, but. This is a, this so what is would you see? Because you're like a coach, right? I mean, you coach people, you <laughs> yeah. teach people. Okay, I understand it. So the sacrifices you go through to look and, and feel the way that you do. And for you guys that don't uh, know JC or have seen him actually work out in a box, he, he's really, really fit. Um, he moves really well. He's really strong. And he definitely looks like he's jacked up. And that's why I guarantee he must get all these different questions about it. I mean, I actually know him for a long time. So I'm, I would actually trust his word on it. And he's also got this other thing. This is going really well for you. It's like you also like functional bodybuilding and you've done it for many years, like yeah. 20 years, maybe, I don't know, yeah. 25 years. Mm. And then so your gymnastics background, and this is kind of where I find it interesting because you're probably the fittest guy that I know that moves as well as you do with gymnastic movements and everything. There's really nothing this guy can't do. And that's kind of cool. I really like that. Thank but you. I also think that the gymnastics background is what did that gives you those arms, for example, because your chest is small and your arms are big and the shoulders are big. And that's like when I see other gymnasts, because we used to have a gymnast in the gym. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And he was like known for being the ringmaster yeah, of Japan, yeah. right? And he looked like a miniature version of you. Yeah. With much skinnier legs, by the way. He had the smallest legs ever. And then his body was like, oh. and then his <laughs> arms came out and you're like, woof. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> he did a, like a max weighted pull up one time and he added like 70 kilos. Like he had 70 kilos hanging from a weight belt. That's huge. And he was weighing 62 kilos yeah, or was, something like that. He was, he was tiny. He was light. Um, but question, did you think he was he was on steroid when you saw him? No. Why? I don't know. I mean, he could have been on steroids. How, how do I know? 
What do I? What do I even know? What steroids or, or does to a person? Do, do people thought he looked jacked? He was. Though. He looked jacked. Because you say he looks like a, a miniature version of me. Mm -hmm. So, what was the difference between, for example, him not taking because he's a professional gymnast and, and me taking who's not a professional gymnast? Well, because. Haha. <laughs> no, that's an easy answer. That's because because you're a, you're a model, you're 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 actually a sports fitness model at the same time. Um, It's just, it just seems unbelievable that you can keep this physique for so long. But for him, it's like, he has the, the outer thing. Well, he, he does rings. He's a gymnast. Of course, he's going to look like that. Yeah. Because every time you look at the Olympics and you actually watch gymnast, gymnastics, that's the only time I watch gymnastics, by the way, it's the Olympics. Well, so when I see this, I was like, yeah, man, they're all, they all look like that. Mm. They, they could all be on steroids for all we know. Honestly, there is so much abuse on steroids in any sport. My sport. There are so many questions I, I want to answer, but yeah. but one one thing about uh, steroids that people need to know is is uh, uh, decreasing your your good cholesterol and increasing your bad cholesterol. Mm -hmm. One of the consequence mm. uh, effect from it is that your cardio is becoming really 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 bad. You cannot run. You cannot do like. The bike machine. The why is it called performance enhancing drugs? Because it's really good. For example, if you're doing like a power snatch, you're, you're going to take like a, a strength mm. uh, type of steroid, and then you're going to have the power. You're going to develop your muscle and everything. But when but, you think about it, gymnasts that's, only use like what? What is the longest workout you guys have? Two minutes, a minute and a half, maybe. Yeah, except except when you're doing the floor. The floor is a little bit longer because you have to do you have to do like the full music. That's interesting because I've been reproached to be a cardio guy. Oh. And then there is a paradox between me being the cardio guy and me taking steroids. Uh, you know what I mean? You don't have, I don't need you to defend if you took steroids or not. No, I'm no, just I'm saying, not. I'm just saying like, you know, like people are seeing just the image of, of me or anyone else, yeah. you know, and then you see the work I'm doing. I mean, you see or, or someone else seeing, is seeing the, the work I'm doing and then it doesn't match. Mm. So at one point you need to ask yourself, wait, Is it the case or not? Mm. You know, uh, it's the same, for example, for fat burner. Um, any type of dangerous fat burner is making your cardio to raise mm. like super high. What is a dangerous cardio fat burner? Uh, cardio fat burner. <laughs> What is a dangerous fat burner? Uh, your names? Yeah. Uh, clenbuterol, for example. Clenbuterol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who takes clenbuterol? Uh, people that want to be on stage. Oh. Um, How effective is it? Well, it's raising your, your body temperature. So... Technically, you're becoming like super. So if you see one, somebody sweating all the time, but you cannot run, or you can cramp super easily. Mm. Um, Interesting. You you have you have some ways because I know like back in the day in the Olympics and stuff like that, people are are, are microdosing those type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you need you need a doctor yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, personally. If I need a doctor to do just amateur CrossFit, I would be stupid to do that. Exactly. This, exactly. Is, this is what it all comes down to. So, but there are so many people on steroids, like bodybuilders that are that are not competing. Yeah, but but that's the problem nowadays in fitness because we, it, that's the big word. We are talking about fitness. You want to take the shortcut. You are taking steroids. You don't even know what you're taking because so, everything wait, 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 wait. is. I need to take the one step back there. So you said the problem in fitness. So nowadays. Yeah. So again. The word fitness needs to be redefined, like yeah. we spoke about earlier in the because, podcast. Because like, fitness, if you see Instagram, I'm sorry to say that, but everyone is, is putting, no, 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 fitness, no, 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 yoga, no, 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 fitness, no, 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 yoga. And then 
are you like, do you have the monopoly of fitness or like we can still talk, <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Um, but fitness nowadays is bodybuilding, is uh, men's physique, is, you know, that's that's the definition of fitness. So CrossFit, is that fitness? For me or for people? Well, for you. For me, yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. Everything everything can be fitness, you know, even so, curling. Curling is fitness for me. Well, like, is mm. it, it's a skill that you need to work on to reach a certain level. I would kind of like to, like, redefine that if I could. I would actually like to say that it's a sport. And so CrossFit is also, we consider ourselves as the sport of fitness. Mm. So, But then the definition then goes back to sport. Mm. Um, and CrossFit carves a niche market for themselves, for ourselves or whatever, um, uh, by choosing to go for results, tangible results. Yeah. Um, and, and testing that over a whole array of, of you know, workouts. Uh, for example, some what is your one rep max in for several different lifts, like the big three lifts, you know, yeah, deadlift, uh, press, and, 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 and back squat, right? For example, so that's one physical test. Yeah. But then what is your fastest two-kilometer row or your fastest five-kilometer run? Or what is your, you know, 21-15-9 workout, like Fran, for example, you know, thrusters and pull-ups. So... There's this big array, like a workout like Murph, for example. It's massive. Yeah. Um, it can be massive. It can be super short. But yeah. but we need to understand what is what is CrossFit. You ask me if CrossFit is fitness. The the etymology of the word CrossFit is cross fitness. <laughs> mm. You take all fitness and you mix it up together. Yeah. So which means that uh, weightlifting is fitness. Yeah. We're also now doing Long, a trend as being like functional bodybuilding within CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, functional bodybuilding means that you can you can you can um, get jacked mm. by doing functional movement, right? Mm. Uh, same same etymology. Yeah, for um, me, when I say when I call someone jacked, that's I think they're on steroids. But there's a <laughs> lot of steroids in CrossFit. For, yeah. for people who are amateurs, I don't get it. Nowadays, uh, I think that that people are, are, are thinking that the fact that they're going to be jacked or they're going to be muscular, they're going to have popularity and mm and money. Uh, and I make a difference between between men's physique and bodybuilding yeah, yeah, competition uh. and women's. Do women take swords? Of course, of course they do. Huh. Of course. Wow. Um, Clint Brutal? Uh, <laughs> thyroid, thyroid thing to, to make the, yeah. Oh, that the body to, to function like faster. Yeah. Um, but also, of course, steroids. It's, mm. it's milder, of course, but it's, Wow. It's still it's still on, and and the problem is you take someone like I should not say name. You take someone like Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, The yeah. Rock. Yeah, he's taking or he was taking steroids for a reason. It's a business. Yeah. He's one of the most paid actor in the world now. So but that's because he's talented. That's not the steroids. This is physique. Yeah, but he was doing he was doing WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for he's sure. still paying like one million a year. Yeah, or something yeah, they were like making that. killing it. And and then and then that's one of the reason like. Now your image is a business. Yeah. And when your image is a business, there is, you, you can say, oh, I don't want that and everything, but you can understand, okay, that's a business. So now he needs to uh, maintain this image. Yeah. And if you see someone like Vin Diesel, for example, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't know if he's taking or not, uh, but, but every time he has a bad appearance, now he's uh, getting shamed, body shamed. Yeah. Um, and that's probably where, Dwayne Johnson is smart and Vin Diesel is like keeping this action movie guy and then he's getting like fluffier or, or mm. 
Fado and stuff like that. I think like the ultimate, like, you know, if we're going to go into actors and stuff like that and famous people, and, <laughs> I just yeah. think like the, the transformation that they made in the Avengers when they made Thor fat, it was so it was, funny. It was, <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. But of course he looks great because that was just the great. fat suit that they put on him, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, it's, I think actually it was a great idea. Because it's the same, like when you see an actor becoming fat, uh, not on purpose, Yeah. such as the guy from Prison Break. Uh, yeah, uh, Dominic. Went, Wentworth Miller. Ursula? No, uh, Wentworth Miller, yeah. He got fat? No, he was he was like super skinny and everything, and oh. he got fat at one point. Really? Yeah, and he had to justify the fact that he was on depression. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, I didn't And know he that. got even more depressed from seeing like the bad comments. Well, of course, uh, it's, they're same, so... Actually, like, same with the guy doing, doing um, how do you say, King of T'Challa. Black Panther. Yeah. He, he was like, people took a picture of him like super skinny and he had a cancer and he yeah. died right after. Wow, that's so bad. So the average Joe, you need to keep like the image you gave to people. And that's what I was talking about when you need to be frozen with your image yeah. in bodybuilding or in acting. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So it's a really good thing that I never was, you know, jacked up and, and when I was fighting because I had... You know, when I was the strongest, I was a bit chubby. But you can see, you can <laughs> still see that people are commenting. Uh, for example, you're going to the gym and people are commenting, oh, you, you lost weight or yeah, anything yeah. like that. It's the same for me, actually. Yeah, if well, I'm losing a little bit of muscle, people are like, oh, what is happening? You, I just like sick. to fuck with your mind. And I said, oh, you got skinny arms, man. What happened? But I, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind because, you know, I, I know, I know my body enough to get back to the point where I want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's also positives, like, you know, think about, you know, someone like, for example, Chris Pratt, right? Yeah. He used to be really fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got really, like, like, I didn't know it was the same actor. I'd watched two different movies with him where Do I was Do you know like, they wanted to CGI what? him, actually? To make and him fat? No, to make him, to make him skinny. Oh, really? Uh, because when he did the audition, he was, yeah. he was actually fat. And then yeah. uh, the guy say, oh, you don't need to lose weight or anything. We, you, we're going to CGI you. Whoa. And she said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to. Go to the gym and I'm going to get back in six Good months. Good for him, man. Yeah. Good for him. And then he was, you know, he like motivation. Great. Motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. That's awesome. You know, getting healthy like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been going up and down with my personal body weight like for so long. It's like, and then also I, so now we're talking about psychology of like this body shaming, this whole image of what does a fit person look. And this is what it really annoys me. It's like, cause with someone like you, I mean, you look good year round, but you also pay the price of what, what it costs to look like that. Um, and, for someone looking from the outside. Yeah, yeah. You're not paying the price. This is just the way you live. Mm. You know, you just live like that. You choose to eat the foods that work for you. And when you go up a little not, bit. Not always. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, you got chocolate on the table. Here, and, and that's that's fine because but you're okay to eat that chocolate. Yeah. You know, like for me, I'd rather have a beer than eat a, uh, you know, a piece of chocolate. But also, my, I'm not shredded. I'm not, I don't look like I'm jacked or anything. And I don't. I don't feel like I need to look like that. Mm. I used to want to look like, you know, whatever, like you. You know, you're like my hero in image. It's like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to look like that, but I don't want to pay that price. Like, I, I'm not willing to do that. For me, it's like, no, I also love burgers. You know, I also... But I, I do too. Yeah, um, I know. I, you know, but I'd love to eat the things that I like to eat. At the same time, I want to find a good balance of where I am. And I also, over the last year, I'd say, I've also found like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am right now. Yeah. So, and I feel good. But and, but can and you say... who I am. Can you say your diet... Nowadays is the day that the diet you had five years ago. For no, 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 no. So that's that's uh, an but important that's thing. How I live now, right? Exactly, yeah. because you say, uh, for example, I'm paying the price for being like that. But those small changes that you're doing year after year, yeah. 
actually becoming your regular diet. Yes. But you don't call it diet. For example, I don't call it diet. No. I just eat the way, like probably five years ago, it was like a strict diet. Mm -hmm. And then when I want to have a burger or I want to have a piece of chocolate, or even if I want to drink alcohol, I do it. Yeah, sure. And then this is becoming my (laughs) diet. (laughs) Yeah, no, but you see, that's what I'm saying. You're not, like I said, you're not paying the price. There's no price that you're actually paying. Like for me, I've spent a lifetime on on changing habits. And it started when I was, I think I was 15 or 16. Yeah. Because uh, I used to be a really fat kid. Yeah. Okay. Really fat kid is a little bit of an exaggeration. I used to be a chubby kid. My brother used to be really fat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he hears this podcast, by the way. Um, he's going to give me shit for that. Um, but, and so when I started karate, when I was, uh, I was just before I turned 15, um, I lost all this weight and I felt great. And, and then, but at the time I was also drinking two to four liters of Coca-Cola every day. Yeah, there you go. And I was like, man, this is so bad for me. Yeah. And I had a skinny friend. Yeah. And so my best friend, Ulaik, uh, he used to be, I guess, skinny. He, he just looked like a normal kid, but he would be drinking Diet Coke. Mm. And I used to hate the taste of Diet Coke, but he used to love Coca-Cola. I was a Coca-Cola freak. I had like a little museum of my Coca-Cola bottles and all the caps and all this stuff. And I was, I was like, you know, buying stuff and stickers and stuff. I really, really used to love Coca-Cola. Yeah. And then I started drinking Diet Coke one day. And now I rarely drink Coca-Cola at all. I like even Diet Coke, I'll, you know, it's very rare that I actually drink even a Diet Coke, but I'll never drink a real Coke anymore. It's too sweet. I can't, I can't stand it. Yeah. And so that was like probably the, the first major change that I made in a diet. Like I was a, it was a conscious choice of, okay, I'm going to stop drinking Coca-Cola because mm-hmm. it must be bad for me. Um, and then I remember the second choice was, you know, I used to love cafe au lait with lots of sugar in it, like a really sweet coffee with lots of milk or cream in it. And it was just one of those things. Yeah, there was this uh, French movie actually where they, where they drank a cup of, uh, of cafe au lait in a bowl. And I, was, I thought it was really cool. And that's why I started drinking cafe au lait. I just like, yeah, yeah. I just thought it looked really cool that they were drinking out of a bowl. And then one day I was like, you know what? Maybe I should maybe I should get rid of the sugar. You know, it's just a small choice. I got rid of the sugar. Um, and then I was drinking uh, coffee with milk in it. And then I got rid of the milk. And, and now I hate, not, I wouldn't say hate, but I actually don't drink milk at all, for example. And I don't eat, put sugar in my coffee. It's just purely black. Yeah. And so I've been going over these changes that lead towards a better life eventually. Uh, this is why my plan is to get to 100 years. Like if I just once in a while take a little choice and then stick with it. But you see, what you're talking about is not, we're not talking about a diet. No. We're talking about small changes you are doing every day. It's not, it's not, we're not talking about New Year's re- resolution. No. We're not talking about from now I'm starting a diet. You're you are thinking, okay, this is not good for me. This is not good for me. I don't digest that that well. And then you are changing step by step. And then that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And And the number one mistake people are doing nowadays is, okay, I'm going to start a diet. And it's like so strict that right after they're binging yeah. or they're doing like completely the opposite of the diet. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, I, I totally agree. It's just like, so how was I eating before? How am I eating now? Where am I comfortable with how I feel and look now? Because I think it's all about a feeling. I think real fitness is about how you feel in your body. Are you comfortable with yourself? Yeah, yeah. Do you wear clothes where you feel you look comfortable in it? You know, do you, do you need that, you know, Instagram photo of you with a shredded six pack? Well then go get it. You know, don't sit there and talk about it, but go get it. But for me, I'm. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons people are, wants to take a shortcut. Yeah. Um, they see Instagram and they're like, why I'm not like this. Like you, you're creating all those toxic, yeah. um, 
toxic type of feelings such as envy, jealousy, um, uh, those type of thing. And then, and then instead of thinking, okay, I need to work on myself. I need to work on 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 my way to eat long term and everything. They think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this product. I'm gonna take this steroid. What is the number one supplement? Like, yeah, you were talking just before about fitness back, and and uh, fitness now. Yeah, yeah, now and the the only difference is, uh, of course, they had products back in the day, mm. but we were not constantly on Instagram or Facebook searching what is the best whey protein, what is uh, the best BCAA, what is the, actually matter of fact we didn't have BCAA back in the day. Mm. It was not an isolated product. It was essential amino acid and it was three centimeters caps <laughs> that you couldn't swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about right now, to uh, be honest. Wrench, because I, chain yeah, amino I know acid. what you, I know what that is. I, yeah. I, I, now I know what it is. But honestly, I man, when I was trying to gain weight, because I came to Japan at 72 kilos and I went from 72 to 102 kilos in three years. When I was trying to gain weight, I was eating as much as I could and getting as much. I, I didn't even know what protein powder was until I came to Japan. Yeah. And then, so I never really like bought into that. Oh, I need all these supplements. Like for one thing, when I was younger, I couldn't afford them. And for another thing is I just didn't believe in them. So I'm like one of the girls guys that it's like, I, I don't take anything like for real, like, n like no protein powders. Yeah, and yeah. No. So I never really got into the study of, Oh, Maybe, so when you say what, when I ask you what's maca is, I know you, we spoke about this last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I actually know what it is because you told me about it before, but I don't do supplements. Mm -hmm. Like I, maybe I'll take a fish oil once in a while. Like, cause I have the, the, the big bucket in my house and it's like, I forget to take them. I forget to take those supplements and stuff like that. And it's not because I don't want to, it's just, I, I think real food is enough. I perform well, I feel good and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But some people like swear by multivitamins and they swear by all these things. It's just like, how big an effect has all the, and how much supplements do you take, for example? Um, Apart from all your herbs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking, so not, no, I'm not taking it, but I'm taking vitamin D3. I'm taking vitamin C. So, but this is, I, I always have those type of vitamins when, when I want to boost my uh, immune system. Mm. But, but what I'm doing is, is a little bit different. I'm not, I'm not taking supplements to get more jacked. I'm taking supplements because I want to, my immune system and my uh, digestive system to be mm. at the, at the best. So I'm doing biohacking, hacking, mm, biohacking. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, that's my, my main goal. Mm. Uh, green tea caps for the antioxidant. Antioxidant. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking something super weird. I'm taking CLA, CLA. What's I'm that? It's a, it's a, it's a type of fat that is making your fat cell not to absorb mm. fat. Does that make you shit weird? Not, no, not I, at all. We're not talking once. about, about Olistat. We're not talking about that. I took, I can't remember what it was. Olistat. Something said, Hey, you should it's, use this as a diet supplement and it'll burn. It will like tie all your fat up and then you just yeah, shit it. It was oil. the worst ever. Oh, right. Oh man. Yeah. It was like the worst. Like, you, you better, you better be single if you do that. <laughs> and, and then you think, right. You think that you're just gonna fart and then it just goes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just disgusting. Oil. Yeah, it's just oil. I can't. I can't. Wait. Yeah, no, I'd uh, never do that again. It's uh, interesting. It interesting. It's a drug. It's yeah. not a supplement. It's, a uh, drug. it's, yeah. it's an interesting drug for for people having uh, obesity. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, and it works. It, it's working. I mean, you are not uh, absorbing fat, but but for people listening, it can give you uh, colon cancer. Oh. 
Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, <laughs> the, price, the price to pay. Yeah, that's really yeah, the price to pay. Not that. to pay, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, JC, we've had a lot of topics, a lot of things to go over here, but I was going to uh, kind of like get into the roundup of the podcast now. Yeah. And so um, there's many more things we can talk about. I know you love to talk about relationships and stuff like that. And, um, but, you know, just going to have to come back on it. Yeah. Uh, what I would like to do is like just to engage uh, our listeners today uh, that we have started or I have started a Patreon uh, account. And if you're interested, just go to patreon.com slash the Tokyo show and then you can become a super tomodachi. Yeah. So super tomodachis get a shout out on the podcast and they also get to ask a question. So like Granqvist, and he's a Swedish friend of mine, actually, okay. um, uh, from the karate. He says, and this is actually a really what, good what's question. What's his name again? You. Frederick Granqvist. So Frederick. Ah, Frederick. Okay. Yeah, Frederick. Uh, he says, how important is uh, how important sleep is, and how to improve, uh, like what not to do close to time for sleeping, and also more info on sustainable training, maybe some mobility as well. Mm. So that's his question, and he is a true super tomodachi, by the way, and that's why he gets his shout out on this one. Extreme tomodachi. <laughs> Not a super tomodachi. He's an extreme tomodachi. Yeah. First so, question was about sleep. Yeah, let's just talk about sleep. And the then we'll kind of round it up with that today, I think. The most important. Yeah, you really like... Yeah, well, I love sleeping. Yeah. Like, you, if you're in a healthy body and healthy mindset and you're living a healthy kind of life, you're probably sleeping half of your life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the number one thing you're going to do when you're doing any type of sport, uh, you're going to break your muscle fibers, right? Mm. Um Sleeping is just the best way for you to have your recovery mm. because it, this, is, this is the moment where your hormones are going up, you know, your growth hormone, uh, your testosterone, mostly in the morning and everything. Have a lack of sleep, you don't recover. That's pretty simple. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do long story short because yeah. you, can, you can develop the thing as much as you want, mm -hmm. but if you don't have a good sleep, if you don't have long enough, if it's not a quality sleep, yeah. Well, what not to do before going to bed or well, actually this is what I would suggest to do. And I found out this many, many years ago, your sleeping zone from the rest of your life. So don't bring your computer oh, you to do. bed. Yeah. Do not bring your cell phone in and start, you know, checking Instagram for who's got the sexiest abs. Uh, you could check we'll get it, the though. Tokyo show, we'll get it, Instagram though. though. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> uh, I want to know who got the sexiest hats. Yeah, the sexiest hats. Well, you know, but you can do that way before you go to bed. At least like, and also if it's possible, I don't know, not everyone lives like that. In Japan, like apartments are pretty small. Sometimes people only have a single room. But if you have a separate room, and even if you don't have a separate room, um, this is what I suggest you do. Um, try and make it cool so that you have to wrap yourself in blankets. Like um, in the winter, sometimes I will sleep with the window open on purpose but because then I can put more blankets on top of me. Yeah. In the summertime, I definitely put the cooler on. It's just for me. I can't sleep without the cooler. Um, I want it to be cold, so I'm really wrapped up. And make it as pitch black as you can. And then aim for eight to ten hours of sleep when you can get it. Uh, ten hours of sleep is not impossible, and, it, and it's totally doable. You just have to practice it and train it. Um, the darker the room is, the better it is. Nice and cool temperatures. Yeah, yeah, some people use eye masks. Um, yeah. uh, Dumbfounded Media actually has a athletic sleep channel on YouTube where you could just put in this music that just like, like helps you fall into a deeper sleep and just constantly stays and keeps you there in the zone. And it's really nice. Uh, if you guys are interested, you should definitely check that one out too. Mm. Um, I think that's about it for today. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, please come back again. Uh, if you guys have any more questions out there for all of us uh, here on the Tokyo Talks, then um, 
yeah, please send them and leave comments below and then we'll try and address as much as you want. If you become an extreme Tomodachi on the Patreon Tokyo Show channel, then you can ask questions that we will definitely address and also give you shout outs on the show. Um, yeah, thank you very much I, for I today, man. I have many questions, though. Yeah, the more the better, right? Yeah. Thank you very much for today. And thank that's you. about it. Thank you.